0: Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Have You Seen? I'm Kieran, ball of rage, Lafort. given it's taken 25 minutes to set this damn computer up and get it working. Uh, and opposite me, as usual, is Tom, calming influence web. As always. <laughs> yes. Um, I've been in a foul mood since the fire alarm in my block of flats went off at two o'clock this morning. Brilliant. So, uh, and I was the only person who even bothered getting out of bed, so next time <laughs> they can all burn. Um, we need to get cracking this week. We don't we have do. much time. No, we better get shift um, on.
1: Um should we yeah go Beyond the Sea first? Go for it. Do you want to
0: quickly recap what it is? I will
1: do, yeah. Um, so Beyond the Sea is, I suppose it's a biopic of uh, Bobby Darin, but it's more of a portrait because it's not, it's not quite accurate. They kind of play about with it a little bit. Um, it was directed, written or co-written by and stars Kevin Spacey as Bobby Darin. Um, he does an incredible job of impersonating him, um, particularly with the singing. Um, he's got a great supporting cast. Of uh, Kate Bosworth, John Goodman, Bob Hoskins, um, Brenda Blethyn, and uh, Caroline Aaron, um, and that's about it, really. So, what did you think?
0: I will tell you the best and worst thing about this film. Okay. I've been humming the damn song all week. Right. <laughs> which is great because yeah. it's a great song. Yeah. It's very annoying because it's been the only thing in my head all <laughs> week. Um, I kind of liked this, and I kind of didn't.
1: Right. Um, I thought that might be the case. Yeah. This is one of those films that, you know, when I pitch you a movie, I think I've got a rough idea of where you'll go with it. Sometimes Mm. I kind of think, right, I just really want you to see this whether you like it or not, Mm. Uh, which was kind of the way with uh, A Night to Remember. Mm. Um, Whereas something like A Town Called Panic, I was kind of like, you're either going to absolutely love it or absolutely hate it, or, you know, something else I'll be like, you're going to absolutely love this. And I know this one, I had no clue going in what you would make of it.
0: Yeah, it's difficult because, you said, it's not a straight biopic at all. No. Um, And I think the truth is actually more interesting than Mm -hmm. the film. Uh, Right. But it would make for a much darker movie.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I I think they've... um like i say it's kind of a portrait because they've got they they put added in a sort of a barrier of artistic license yeah so kind of the opening bit it's a bit more upbeat and fun and it, uh, for me it feels like a musical or film of the the era that it's set in
0: well yeah you asked me uh, last week you know did i think this was a musical yeah from from just from your description yeah uh, and I don't think it is, right. but 15 minutes in, I could see why it could be classed as such. Yes, there are musical numbers, mm. but it's not a musical. It's yeah. really, it's very odd.
1: It is like I mean, there's this whole bit at the beginning, which is right out of a 50s musical, mm. a very West Side Story, where he's he's packing up mm. to go on his career, and he's in New York, and like everyone in the street is dancing yeah. in a perfectly choreographed dance sequence.
0: Um, yeah, but then they, they kind of puncture that bubble with the next scene. They do, with, yeah. With like the, the kid who says it didn't happen like that.
1: No, yeah, exactly. That's So it's kind of weird. It's mm. got that very odd, you know.
0: Mm. Um, I did write, this is borderline French. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see what you mean. Yeah, it's because yeah, it's got a kind of a weird take on what it actually is, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I don't.
0: <clears throat> Let's have a look. at. Let's start with the good stuff. The best stuff is definitely Kevin Spacey performing the songs. Yeah. He's got a hell of a voice and does a really good impression. Mm, yeah. Um, and I've written, he looks a lot like Jason Isaacs, Jason Isaacs in some cases. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I think the only makeup he's got is he's got a, like a false nose, hasn't he?
0: Yeah. Maybe Jason Isaacs has a false <laughs> nose. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Hello to Jason Isaacs. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, I just ended up making random notes
1: i'll just go through and we can talk about bits as in order yeah just just you know start at the top do like a stream of consciousness and we'll pick up bits as we go
0: nine production companies
1: yes that's because it was in production for years yeah like from the 80s they've been trying to get this off the ground like i said i think we went through 20 writers
0: yeah most Mm. of whom said they didn't want anything to do with the final product and had their names taken off yeah yeah uh, i discovered um there are only three songs in the film that aren't performed by Kevin Spacey. Right. There's a French version of French version of Beyond the Sea. Yeah. There's a Rolling Stones song mm-hmm. and there's a Deep Purple song. Every yeah. other song is performed by Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Which is... That's impressive. Absolutely, yeah. Very impressive. He was a busy man. Yeah. Um, I found that some of it was a bit ham-fisted and heavy-handed. Right. Um, particularly, isn't he too old to play this part? He was born to play this part. Yeah. That's just... That's that sequence is in there for no reason than to get a rise out of reviewers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's the only that's Kevin Spacey being a bit of a dick right. think, in that, <laughs> Fair in that enough. sequence. <laughs> Fair enough. He's like he knows he's gonna come to this criticism, so he's gonna kinda of deflect it, it and, in a yeah. jokey way. Yeah. Uh yeah, and there are some bits his interaction with the kid, I think, is really cornball in places and yeah. really I think the kid is really good though. Uh, I went back and forth on him. Right. Some some places he's good, and some places he would not so Right. Much. Okay. Um, on the subject of kids, mm. why does the kid that he has with Sandra D look Mexican?
1: Yeah, I couldn't quite figure that out.
0: it's just... a blatantly different, much lighter skinned child. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I couldn't figure that out <laughs> when uh, <laughs> when he popped up. I was like, Hang on a minute. He's yeah. He doesn't
0: look like so her do, at all. Does that belong to the help or is yeah. that? It? Yeah. Um. What else? Okay. Uh, carrying on down the random notes. There's at least one redubbed F word. Right. I have two, but a third one has, has been removed. Added. Oh, removed. removed, removed. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Uh, quite well. It took, uh, I had to go back and go, hang on a minute. Right. I didn't quite look right. Yeah. Um, there's a bit where it's outside the Copa. Yeah. Uh, where they pull up and there's a Frank Sinatra poster on the wall and it yeah. morphs into a Bobby yeah, Darren poster. Yeah. That's really good. That's yeah. That's a really nice effect.
1: Yeah. It's a nice transition of time, mm. I think.
0: Yeah. Um, the sound design is like something from lost in places yeah they, they do a thing with a weird microphone hum that comes over some of the the dialogue mm-hmm. and it was I've, I've, like, i had like i felt like lost and it's like you have to yeah. pay attention to where that hum comes because that will mean <laughs> something, something right, yeah. and then i lost track of it <laughs> and i have no idea if it actually meant anything uh, no
1: i think again it's that whole sort of portrait thing that is you know kind of hmm. You know, that distracted blurring. me, actually. I had, yeah. to,
0: I had to pause the disc to make sure that wasn't a noise coming from... Because I've got a little bloke who lives below me who oh, plays wow. Adele CDs really loudly and sings <laughs> along in heavily accented English. Right. And I had to make sure it wasn't him starting something up <laughs> and I wasn't going to have to go and have a go at him. <laughs> um, and then I realised, oh, it's part of the film. Yeah. So that kind of pulled me out of the whole experience right. as well. Okay. Um, the protest song. Yes. I know it's a protest song and I know yeah. he actually wrote it. Yeah. It's so laughable.
1: I quite like it.
0: It's like go away and write a parody of a protest song. It, it's yeah. a Christopher Guest moment. Right. I could see it showing up in A Mighty Wind. Yeah.
1: Particularly when he does it acoustic on his own. Yes. I think that was when, it. When when you get the payoff and it yeah. and it becomes a Bobby Darin song. Um after the brilliant line is people was it people uh, uh. People, people hear what they see. People hear what they see. Yeah. Um, I think it really kind of comes to the fore. I think it works really, really well. Mm. But I mean, there are a lot of um, a lot of people around at the time that did that kind of thing. I mean, you see, like like um, Don McLean and uh, Gordon Lightfoot and all mm. that kind of crowd were doing that kind of style of song. So that's kind of where he was headed into that singer songwriter yeah, yeah. kind of uh,
0: vibe. Yeah, um, Marcus Brigstock isn't it? Yes, I very know. briefly. Yeah, I meant to mention it last week, and mm. I completely forgot. I sent him a tweet about it. but I didn't get a response. Right, I, was, I yeah. was hoping for something I could read out on the show. Yeah, but, uh, yeah uh, was along the lines of, I spotted your name in the credits. Did I blink and miss you? Yeah, and then was, I realised who it, who yeah, it was. Yeah, he
1: appears, yeah. I think, twice, maybe three times as like a radio interview. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there's
0: a little setup where it's a radio studio with a producer yeah. on one side, and he's the he's the actual DJ. Isn't yeah, he? he is, and yeah. he does an interview about the. About the political aspirations, is that it? Yes, that's yeah. right, yeah, yeah. And then he gets he gets a line earlier on where yeah. he's kind of a narrator. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah.
1: He's doing a bit and it, you, you start on him yeah. and then the camera kind of pans around. Into a film in, studio. Into, an, into a film studio. That's right, and yeah. the crew turn to shut up. Yes, In yeah. a, a very,
0: see, French, I yeah. tell you. It's, it is,
1: yeah. yeah. Sort of breaking the walls down. The yeah, way, yeah. I think breaking the fourth wall. Is Nina
0: played by a man in drag?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> I think she's really good in this.
0: I think she's got one of the kind of the hardest roles. Yeah, maybe. But the scene the how much do you want to give away? Um it is a movie, but we're also dealing with a fact in this case. Yeah. But the scene in the movie where the fact is revealed yeah. never actually happened.
1: Right. Okay. I discovered in my research,
0: or at okay. least certainly not in the way it happens in the film. Okay,
1: should we reveal the fact because it is a fact? I mean, okay. we can find it out. It's Chinatown,
0: people. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I mean, it basically gets revealed that all along the person that Kevin Spacey was inspired by, i.e., his mother, played by Brenda Blethyn, wasn't actually his mother, mm. and the woman he thought was his sister was, in fact, his mother, and the person he thought was his mother was actually his grandmother. Yes, and nobody knows or Nobody would say who his father was. Hmm. It's um, fairly
0: heavily implied that it's Bob Hoskins, though.
1: Uh no, it's not. Really? No, I think it might be fairly heavily implied that it was his grandfather hmm. after some kind of abuse. Hmm. Um, because I, uh, when because uh, he asked Bob Hoskins' character outright, "Did you know?" Nina yes, I know. In? But and, and he that... was like, "No, I didn't." And I, did, a... and I didn't know your father. He says, "Okay." Um, So I think they quite clearly state it wasn't Bob Hoskins, although I think he was hoping it would be. Mm. Um, Maybe I was reading too much into the hairline thing.
0: (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Um, What was I going to say? Yeah, the scene where that reveal actually happened. Just, I understand that that would be a very difficult thing to tell someone. Yeah. But she tells him in every possible way before actually telling him your mother's not your mother yeah. and I'm not your sister and the person you think they were is not who they were and the person I am is not who you think I am. And it goes, it's like, oh, it's like the writer sat down yeah. and thought, how many ways can we do, we do this? this before she yeah. actually spits out the line? Yeah, And that was like, just tell him. <laughs> it made me think of, did you ever see the BBC Monty Python thing? which one where <laughs> that didn't help really did it no. it was kind of like this it was sort of a biopic and sort of not it had no, lots of modern day comedians that. playing the pythons no so, i not uh, steve punt was uh, eric idol right no <laughs> um, i didn't see that no. uh and it was like that right it was sort of based on fact and sort of not and had flights of fancy yeah. and some like python-esque mm. animations so like every time they asked terry gilliam what what he thought of something it would explode into this amazing animation <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Brilliant. And then it'd be no don't ask Terry. <laughs> yeah. Um overall mm-hmm. what I came out of this with was I don't want the DVD, I want the album.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Okay, yeah. Because I thought the best stuff is as I said, is Spacey's renditions of the songs. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean I think this is probably the for watching it for the podcast, I think it might have been the third time I'd seen it. Maybe it might have been the second, but I'm pretty sure it was the third. Mm. Uh, and I think you probably I've probably listened to the songs more than I have watched the film, mm. um, just because you know they're on on our iTunes at home and what have you. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's no, interesting that you like because it. it's one of those things. He was one of those people that he did a lot of songs in different genres that mm. you've probably heard but didn't realise it was the same person. Yeah, I didn't realise Splish Blash was his. Exactly. Yeah. But- I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, Overall, as a film, this didn't really fit together for me. Do you know what? I think it would make a really interesting stage production.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right there. Yeah, I think it would, actually.
0: And it kind of, yeah, it kind of felt like a, it's going to sound awful. It felt like a high-end student stage production. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah, kind
1: of. I mean, I I think Spacey has probably done more stage directing than he has film directing. I'm not if sure. If Kevin
0: Spacey ever hears this, I'm probably never going to be allowed in the same room as <laughs> no, ever not. again. I wouldn't think so. Um, Yeah. um, Yeah. I like the music. I don't mm. think I like the film. Okay. Although that's interesting. it's not without merit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's but fair But I enough. can appreciate it was a very hard thing to make mm. a cogent and coherent film about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's why it took so long and so yeah. many drafts and so many people. And, yeah. You
0: know. I think It's kind of two films fighting for the same space. It wants to be the Bobby Darin biopic. Yeah. um, But they don't include enough truth for it to be that. But if you're not going to do that, why Why not just call him Buddy Darling and make up some songs and just tell this story? Yeah. It doesn't have to have the the two elements together. And that's where it didn't. Yeah, what they
1: kind of say at the end is it's the story... Because Bobby Darin wasn't his real name.
0: No, yeah, uh, that's another note uh, I wrote before it actually outright said it at the end. Yeah. W- was, uh, and Casotto may die, but Bobby Darin lives forever.
1: Exactly, yeah. So I think the idea is it's the story of Bobby Darin as Bobby Darin saw it, not the story of... woolen Casotto. Walden's Casotto, or whatever it is. I can't pronounce that. Okay. I haven't got it written down in front of me. Okay. Um, it's, not, it's not his story of the truth. Yeah. It's how Bobby the Darin... The story of the persona, Yeah, because you get the impression that Bobby Darin saw things in a particular way that wasn't actually quite like There's reality. There's a line
0: they kind of uses a get-out clause, isn't there? It was like, memories of, memories of moonbeams, you can do what you like with them. Yeah. Along, I've murdered that. <laughs> yeah. It's along it's those lines. Like that, yeah. It's along those lines. It is, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's your way of saying that this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I kind of get it.
1: It's one of those things, I think he was probably a very difficult person and absolutely often went on flights of fancy so i can i can kind of imagine that this would be what he thinks his life was like mm. do you know and i think that's kind of what they were aiming for mm. but yeah it's an interesting idea i think
0: i have in here in yeah. some notes that are buried under other notes a review oh cool from phil austin oh perfect who's a man who watches lots of movies he and does, sends yeah. us lots of reviews he does yeah. uh he watched beyond the sea uh-huh. uh and he says i watched and liked beyond the sea Mm. Tremendous performance by Kevin Spacey. I like the way they introduced the first section, particularly referencing Spacey being too old to play Bobby Darren. So right. He likes the stuff I don't. Yeah. Um, parts of the creative storytelling between Spacey and the kid actually reminded me of the Princess Bride in Structure.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, I hadn't thought about
0: that. I think maybe he's thinking about Fred Savage and yeah. Grandpa. Mm. Yeah, yeah um, I have not thought about that at all. Second section didn't engage me as much. I don't know, but love the final section. I'm not sure where the sections kind of... I would imagine... He's talking about the bit,
1: basically the first section, as I think Phil probably sees it, is all of the kind of stuff that's done in that 50s and 60s style. Hmm. Uh, Imagine the last section is the point where he comes back.
0: The Vegas. Yeah, when he comes
1: back and he does uh, sing a song for freedom in the Vegas style. And the bit in the middle is the the relationship drama yeah. between him and Kate Bosworth and his kind of... Kate Bosworth, who I didn't find...
0: I still don't see what the point of Kate Bosworth is, really. However, she did a a lot more here than she did as her completely wimpy, toothless, (laughs) Lois Lane in Superman, which I think is the only other thing I've seen her in. Yeah,
1: same here. And uh, that was the same comment my wife made when we watched it again. She was, actually, Kate Bosworth wasn't bad in that one. (laughs) Yeah,
0: she actually contributed. (laughs) Um, uh, And finally, from Phil, it says, Given how the movie is structured, uh, moving from comedy and lightness to a darker, more tragic ending, I kept being reminded of Man in the Moon.
1: I haven't seen that. That's um, the Andy, uh, uh, Jim Carrey, Sandy Kaufman. Yeah, Yeah, I haven't seen that.
0: No, nor have I. Phil, write us a pitch and we might watch Man in the Moon. Yes. Uh, Okie dokie, A Few Good Men. I had no customer feedback, by the way. Oh, right. This was another one I couldn't find. I couldn't find a bad review that was funny enough to read out. I couldn't find a good review that was funny enough to read out. But I will say all the, the reviews aired more on the side of good. This right. had, I found, yeah. like, two one-star reviews and 35-star reviews. Yeah. So um, I think it's generally but, quite well-liked.
1: Yeah, right? I suspect it's the sort of film that... Um, I w- it's the sort of film you're probably not going to watch if you're not interested in the subject matter, if hmm. that makes sense. So I would imagine the mo- the majority of people that will watch it are probably going to like it simply because they're going in because they want to watch it. You, I know that sounds Yeah, a no, weird. I understand, yeah. yeah. It's not the sort of film that if it was on the telly that you'd just start watching randomly.
0: No, I suppose not. Where you might unless do you it. figured it out pretty quickly. Oh, this is beyond the scene. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well you know, you know, I mean something like, for example, say I love you man, uh, you might see that on and you might just watch start watching it because you know it is a comedy. Yeah. Whereas with this, I think you would you you would seek it out mm. rather than just, you know, stumble upon it. Mm. Uh but anyway, do you wanna uh get into um Aaron Sorkin, and a few good men.
0: I wondered how that sentence was going to end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, all right, let's do that. Uh, Tom Cruise is uh, Lieutenant Junior Grade Daniel Caffey. He's an inexperienced naval lawyer. Uh, as we discussed last week, he's uh, Tom Cruise with the relevant degrees uh, to uh, to stand in front of a jury. Um, he is teamed up with Demi Moore and Kevin Pollock, uh, who defend two Marines who are accused of murdering a third Marine in their unit at Guantanamo Bay. Uh, the man who died was kind of rubbish as a Marine. Uh, and it's suspected that he died as a result of code red, which is uh, kind of an order given from on high for a kind of brutal method of self-policing among the armed forces.
1: Yeah. It's kind of, um, you know, deal with it yourself. Yeah. It? Yeah. Let's,
0: let's keep this off the books. Lads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In between uh, Cruise and Company uh, and The Truth, which they may or not be able to handle, (laughs) uh, are Jack Nicholson, who plays uh, Colonel Jessup, who's the head of the base and in charge of this unit, Uh, Lieutenant Kendrick, who's his second-in-command, played by Kiefer Sutherland, uh, and the prosecution lawyer, who is uh, Cruise's friend, Captain Jack Ross, played by Kevin Bacon. And Mm -hmm. as we go on, we find out what The Truth actually is. Yes. Uh, that was a rubbish sum up. Tell me what you thought about it. <laughs> right. Um, I uh, should mention. Sorry. the The pertinent point here, yeah. as pertains to this show, is that it's written by Aaron Sorkin. It was his That's first true, screenplay yeah. uh, from his own play mm-hmm. uh, that he sold the movie rights for for six figures before the play had even hit the boards. Yeah. I um
1: I enjoyed this film. Um, but I think. Probably it's, again, a bit like uh, Beyond the CBU. There was something specific about it that was both good and bad. Okay. Um, from what is essentially a courtroom drama, getting a blockbuster A-list cast like it did at the time it did uh, was must have been fantastic because, you know, to have Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson... And you know, Demi Moore, Kevin Demi Bacon, Moore, Keith Kem- Sutherland
0: Kevin Pollock yeah. J.T. Walsh, and then we talked about the one scene cameos, didn't we? Yeah, Cuba yeah, like Christ- Gooding Jr., uh, Christopher Guest.
1: Yeah. So to have that cast in the early '90s, where all of them were pretty much right up there with the peak of their careers. Yeah. Um. You know, some have got stronger, some have got weaker over the years, but you oh, know, Mr. Gooding, where are you now? <laughs> well, that at that point, that cast was just absolutely phenomenal, mm. and. I think it's brilliant that it was cast that way to bring an intelligent thriller to a massive audience.
0: Yeah. Some you, people will have gone see it because it was the new Tom Cruise film. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, quite a lot of people have gone see it because it was the new was it, Tom Cruise film, I yeah, would imagine. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, but I, I don't think there are moments where I don't think some of those actors can quite handle the, the dialogue in the film. That's true, yes. I think you're right. Um, but I, having thought about it, I'm kind of wondering if it's actually not necessarily the actors or whether it was Rob Reiner.
0: Rob Reiner has a very particular style. Yeah, Things stay still, or rather the camera stays still and things happen in front of it.
1: Yeah, that's true. But the thing I think that he has a tendency to do, and also I suspect because uh, you mentioned that Steven Spielberg did a pass of the script after William Goldman. Yeah. And there are moments in this script that are very... The only way to describe it is Hollywood. Yeah. And you know what I mean by a Hollywood ending and yeah. that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I think that the main proponents of that at that time were Spielberg and Reiner. They're always guilty of being a bit, a little bit schmaltzy at times. and Yeah. The, you know, and they amp up the kind of, the, you know... <sighs> That kind of sense of everything's okay, yeah. And and there were a few moments where that happened, or the actors were kind of pushed to go really over the top. Mm. And I think that if they'd actually had someone who'd restrained them back mm. or made the dialogue a bit more serious, it would have been much much better.
0: Yeah. Don't forget, like we're dealing, as we said, with a first-time screenwriter. Yeah, and you don't know what the draft that he turned in was, and no, maybe it was. Fe- I imagine it was felt by studios that we need to kind of yeah, bust the corners off this a yeah. little
1: bit. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree with that. Um, and I mean, I think that you can tell it's talking right from the start, and it and it's a quality script. Mm. Um, but what for me, the moments that I'm talking about really stick out, and it, and it looks yeah. like studio interference a bit. Or or like kind of right. Reshoots. It, you know? Yeah. And it, yeah. it's just a bit kind of like, oh, that's a bit of a shame, really. I know what you mean. And because there's a couple of scenes where uh there's one scene in particular with Tom Cruise, I think it's when he's drunk, or he get like he goes really over the top. Yeah. And it's all a bit like Wow, if you'd done that at level five, but yeah. with the same intensity mm. as opposed to level twenty five. And just making yourself look ridiculous—that would have been a really, really forceful scene, and mm. it would have it would have really sat really well. And it just didn't quite. So, I mean, overall, I really enjoyed it. I thought the 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 story was fantastic. I thought the script was excellent. For the most part, I thought the acting was was pretty good. Um, for me, Kevin Polak and Christopher Guest kind of uh, stole it.
0: I think it was it was interesting the, to see Christopher Guest in that kind yeah, of yeah I thought they were brilliant. Yeah.
1: Um, Kevin Bacon was pretty good, like you said, he actually stood out as a as a good performance. Which yeah. sometimes you just like and Kevin Bacon's in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, this um, was
0: and Kevin Bacon and a performance and his haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Did you see what I meant about Kiefer Sutherland taking it a bit too close to caricature sometimes? Yeah, He con- was kind, kind of a bit, he, of, you could tell the accent was put on. I fi-
1: yeah, but I found him really sinister. Oh, yeah. I think he's, he was one of like the, what I think is that Jack Nicholson was cast because he only had a few scenes, but you had to love to hate that character in an instant. And if you need to love to hate a character, if you get Jack Nicholson in, you know you're going to succeed. He does
0: it with pretty much his first line. Exactly, yeah. Was and it? Who, who the f- is... Private William Santiago or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't even know the man that this is happened yeah. to.
1: Yeah, and you just kind of like, I, I hate this guy. I um, know that he's going to be the bad guy. And, but then Keith Sutherland kind of comes in mm. and does the same thing in a completely different way. Mm. He doesn't like, because when you see Jack Nicholson, you know, okay, I'm supposed to hate this guy. Yeah. When you see Keith Sutherland, it's his performance and his attitude. And, and there's something there that makes you go, oh, i re- I, he's the nasty one yeah he's the mean.
0: real kind of creep in this situation mm. although there's that scene the the first meeting between Cruz and Nicholson yeah where he pretty much makes him beg for yes. a document yeah just to show that he he's, has he has the power who's exactly, in charge yeah. here yeah
1: yeah, it's all that sort of stuff that sets it up really nicely mm. and, I mean, and when
0: the moment when he realises that Demi Moore's character outranks Cruz yeah and he's like right okay yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I think she's the weak link acting wise Yeah. Um, Because she's Demi Moore, really. I I don't, I can't imagine, I I don't think I've ever seen anything where she's.
0: No, she doesn't do anything for me in any respect whatsoever. No, me
1: Um, neither. What else I put put down? I love the fact that Tom Cruise's character has a Ness and a typewriter. Yes.
0: there are some things that date this. Yeah. Uh, Demi Moore's hairstyle is one of them. Yeah, The music is another. Yes, that's it's a, really weird, isn't it? It's a Rob Reiner film that's not Spinal Tap, so the music is crap. Yeah, yeah. That's the way it goes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love yeah. Princess Bride, but Mark Knopfler's music in that is awful, yeah. and the music in this is pretty bad. Yeah. It's so synthy and TV. Yeah. yeah.
1: The, the one thing I do find really weird, aside, I mean, this is aside from the film completely, um, is, the, is the way the Marines... Act, Mm. and this kind of the it's the way they have to operate. Mm. It it seems that they have to be placed in a very particular mindset, which is almost tantamount to brainwashing. Yes. And what's interesting is I've seen I was my wife and I watched a series, uh, a reality TV series uh, about marksmanship called Top Shot. And I saw the first one of those, yeah, yeah and it's full of horrible people. <laughs>
0: it's ridiculous.
1: I, I hated guns. everybody, so I didn't watch any yeah. more
0: after the first one.
1: It is it, kind of worth watching a bit of because it's quite silly. But one of the, basically it's, there were two teams, and on one of the teams there was an ex marine, and um, it's all it's a typical reality thing. At, at various points you vote people off and all that kind of stuff, and he started to get very tactical within their team about how they should vote off or whatever, and someone disagreed with him, and he mentioned it to somebody else, and then mm. and he as soon as he found out someone had told someone else something they weren't supposed to, he turned into like a five-year-old child. It was like this weird thing kicked in mm. where he could not accept this person in his presence anymore. And it was like, and it was like watching this reminded me of that. And it was like, there's this really unbelievable loyalty that they get brainwashed into a certain situation. Mm. And it, 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 the responses that come out of it Mm. are so irrational
0: what is, what's the the phrase they use is it god core country man
1: no it's it's it's, or it's, it's, it's something like that it, isn't it uh unit unit core god country i don't remember it's something but like yeah, that yeah. and it, and it's kind of like what wow, it amazes me that you can get people to that state mm. and then kind of keep them there i mean i can kind of understand why it works in a in like a a, a situation in i don't know say uh like in a battle situation, mm-hmm. I can understand why they have to have that level of belief in those areas. Ready to kill at a moment's notice. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it I, it fascinates me or what effect it has on those people afterwards. Mm. And uh, you know, because it, it, you know, just the psychology of it mm. seems really kind of crazy. And. You know, you often see lots of propaganda that you would, you know, we would have seen through it, you know, sort of the Cold War, even going back to the other war, about people being brainwashed and all this kind of stuff. And you don't realize that that's kind of what's happening in some of these. In a situation way, it still goes on, yeah, yeah yeah even though i don't think it, it's probably not seen in that way but it, that's kind of what it feels like to me so mm. I, I was fascinated by that aspect mm. of it and the way that these people just did what they were told because that's what they were told to do and they have to behave like that because if they don't people die yeah and it seemed seemed really weird that they extrapolate that and put it in every situation they're in mm. but uh, you know so i found that quite fascinating um And that's the sort of thing that I think Sorkin deals with really well. Yeah. You know, and all the legal speak and all that. Like, we know from West Wing, he's very good at taking complex situation, complex dialogue, and letting people talk about it in what appears to be a very naturalistic way. Yes. Yet still relaying you all of the basic information you need to know to follow what's going on.
0: Yeah. I don't think anyone does that like he does. No, he's really really good at um, explaining to the masses... The the layperson, yeah, what it is these people are talking about, mm-hmm. but without dumbing down how those people are talking. Absolutely, yeah. Which is that's a, a very particular skill. It is.
1: Absolutely. I mean it's incredibly evident in West Wing and Social Network. Mm. Um less so in um others' films, I think. Mm. Um less so slightly less so in this and slightly less so in Charlie Wilson's war, but yeah. um they were earlier, so
0: mm-hmm. do you have anything else there? Because um, we took a little um, meander away from the topic, we, didn't we?
1: Yeah, I know. Sorry, it was just right. no. it, it was one of those things that kind of fascinated me that yeah. you know is kind of covered in this movie. Hmm. Um, I don't think I've got anything else really. I mean, I did enjoy it. It's just a sh- it's just a slight shame that the you know there's a few scenes where it kind of over amps a little bit. Yeah. Uh, oh, the only other thing that I I was a little bit kind of thought you yeah, know was um, the end scene. Where Cruz gets the result he get he wants mm. or, or gets it's kind of like well it didn't quite go on long enough. The preamble to that okay I felt there's a, there's some really great courtroom scenes, particularly like with Christopher Guest and Cuba Goodod mm. Jr, but the one with Jack Nicholson just seemed a bit short given its significance mm. i would have liked to have seen a bit more cat and mouse between the two before you got the final punch
0: mm. we don't um, know if anything was trimmed out of exactly though, I yeah, suppose yeah it may have run because it's a
1: two and a two hour 20 minute movie yeah at that point already so mm. i can understand why I, I think it might have been nicer to trim mm. perhaps something further you know further back but but yeah they were they were the only two things i didn't like overall i think it's a great film um i think it's one of those movies that um it it is kind of the bridge between a hardcore, sorkin, mm. you know, compact, complex, compact dialogue like *The Social Network*, mm. and kind of your average thriller. It's yeah. kind of a midpoint, which is a really great place to to get a good wide audience, mm.
0: yet still maintain integrity and intelligence. Mm. So, um, I've got a couple of questions, right? You mentioned before that Mrs. Webb had seen it before, yeah, and uh, wasn't that keen. Did yeah. you persuade her to watch it again? I
1: didn't. No, I tried, but she wasn't. No, it. she wasn't did come. It. She did come in at, at the end. Yeah, uh, and I think she. I think she probably enjoyed a lot of the dialogue she heard more this time round, mm. but still didn't like the performances. That's fine. So That's that was fine. kind of the rough. You yeah, know, she only watched it last. Half hour, twenty minutes. With That's me, I fine.
0: Think. I think this might actually be something I prefer to read than to uh yeah, quite to possibly, see. I did yeah. want to go and They revived it uh, a couple of years ago right. with Rob Lowe oh, uh, wow. in the cruise role on uh, on stage.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, funny enough, we did play a game of recasting the movie with people from the West Wing, <laughs> and uh, we 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 actually went with who was it? I think we went for. Um, Oh, crap, I can't remember who it was. I think we actually put Bradley Whitford in the Tom Cruise role Mm -hmm. and uh, Richard Schiff in the Kevin Pollack role Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Rob Lowe as Kevin Bacon. Mm -hmm. I can't remember who we decided (laughs) was going to be Jack Nicholson. Um, Sheen. I don't know. I don't think... You don't think so? No. No, I don't. Maybe the guy that played
0: Fitz... Who was oh, in yeah, Die Hard yeah, yeah, yeah. 2, Maybe okay. him. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it was quite. That was quite a good fun
0: game That's to play. Actually, game, yeah. yeah. We should try that with all all sorkin movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what West Wing people would you? Yeah, say? yeah. Uh, and the the other question I had was, did you get the same feelings I did when you felt really good when Cruz kind of won the day in the, yeah. the the scenes where he just kind of gets one over on them with yeah. just like an impeccable piece of logic? <laughs> yes. Um yeah, yeah. Or some revelatory piece of evidence that he he pulls up. Yeah,
1: absolutely. There was one moment which I thought was absolutely brilliant and it was a really simple thing that he did and I can't remember I think it was a Keith Sutherland's character where he asked him something and he gave an answer mm. and he just went and got a bit of paper and said well, that's not what this says or why did you write that then or mm. something like that or how could you or how could this have happened when this when this mm. person is documented to be here or something mm. like that and it was one of those really simple
0: things mm. that just caught the man up in his own it, lies it, and yeah, makes you feel yeah
1: and you kind of think well they've been so busy making sure that all the complex lies are in place they've mm. forgotten about the simple yeah. points that yeah, yeah. that you know so yeah there were some moments like that you're like yeah excellent that's yeah, yeah right on the right on the
0: uh once again no customer feedback for this right uh just a little note uh, david shan sent me a little note that says one of my favorite movies i couldn't let it go without a comment Right. And that's his comment. Right, okay. Fair enough. Um, uh, He also, completely different topic, uh, thinks we need to cover The Lost Boys. I've Uh, never seen it. Do you like it enough to pitch it to me?
1: I saw that when I was probably 16 or 17, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Maybe 15. I'm not sure. Um, So I can't remember if I like it. I'm pretty sure I own it on DVD, though.
0: Mm -hmm. I owned a VHS copy for approximately 15 years and never got around to watching it i'll That's see the sound of uh, a thousand people cancelling their itunes subscription <laughs> yeah
1: i'll um i'll see if i can i'm pretty sure we are we own it on dvd um i'll have a look and rewatch it and see if i think it's worth pitching to you okie dokie um i seem to remember enjoying it at the time but
0: mm-hmm. yeah this week uh the pitch is slightly different uh mm. We are not going to pitch movies. Uh, the people nope. are pitching us. Yes. So this is pitch from the people. Yeah, as opposed to pitch to the people. Uh, we'll leave a little break here in case Adam has done a nice little beatbox for us to use as a uh, uh, use as a sting. All you have to do to beatbox is just say boots and cats. Boots, cats, boots, cats, boots, cats, boots, cats, boots, cats, boots, cats. Kyle Buxton uh, sent us a pitch. Uh, so we yep. will. I will read it out okay. We will go away We will both watch the film And we will talk about it Yeah. Next time Yeah
1: we've had a few uh, reviews in From Carl in the past yes. but He he's obviously found something That he felt strongly enough And mm-hmm. decided to find out If we'd seen it And neither of us had Which was mm-hmm. Which was pretty good going Seeing as it was the first one he's Anyone's ever sent
0: us in Okay well I have a full page Of A4 here Okay Which I'm going to attempt to read Verbatim in one take Okay, And if oh. it's not one take, nobody will ever know because I'll just to edit out the bits <laughs> where I screw up. Alright. I'm going to sit back, relax and enjoy. Yeah, hold on. Right. I need to limber up. All right. There we go. Okay. The first film that I'm pitching to have you seen... Oh, so he's planning more already. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Okay. The first film that I'm pitching to have you seen is one that's been around for about six or seven years but which I've only recently watched for the first time thanks to the wonders of DVD rental by post. I have I'd no idea what he could mean. What kind of services he could be talking about? I know. That, oh, there are a few out there, okay. I'm sure. Uh, it's packed with several fine performances, a fantastic soundtrack, and has many different themes running through the narrative. One of the less subtle ones being an abused female lead character experiencing redemption by way of being chained whilst barely close to a radiator. Okay. The film in question is Black Snake Moan.
1: Now, Okay, now I've heard of it. Um, so have I. And I'm, yeah, Like I said, I've never seen it. Um, I don't really know much about it other than it's a lady trained to a radiator. Mm-hmm. and Samuel L. Jackson mm-hmm. and a guitar, I believe.
0: Ah, well, there we go. Let's let's see if any of that is brought up here. Okay. Set in a small Bible Belt town in the deep south United States, the central story revolves around two characters. Lazarus, played by Samuel L. Jackson. One point to Tom. Uh, sorry, Lazarus, Samuel L. Jackson. I've screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> I might leave that one in. Lazarus, played by Samuel L. Jackson, is a God-fearing former blues musician whose stilted <laughs> he might play the trumpet. <laughs> right, whose stilted way of life as a washed-up crop farmer lacks any real form of purpose or direction. So much so that his wife decides she wants more for her own life than Lazarus is prepared to give her and leaves him. This leads him to start questioning his more. Nearly read that wrong. This leads him to start questioning- leads him to start questioning his morality and pondering where God might be leading him next. Right. Meanwhile, Ray, played by Christina Ricci is a girl whose life has been totally messed up by a largely absent mother and an abusive father. Alas, well... Alas, whilst we first... <laughs> I'm leaving all of this in, unless okay, I swear, in which case I'll take it out. All right. Alas, whilst we first find her trying to hold down a relationship with the, an equally insecure local lad named Ronnie, Justin Timberlake, uh, who has just been recuted, recruited into the army it soon becomes apparent that she is in fact obsessed with sex and continues to look for love in quotes in all the wrong places even after Ronnie leaves to begin his tour of duty okay Lazarus and Ray's paths cross after she comes off the rough end of a drink and drug fuel binge leaves her beaten by a horny local and dumped by the side of the road that leads to Lazarus' house Right. What follows is a powerful portrait of the effects of practising forgiveness, both in the giving and receiving, of self-examination, and it also lays a challenge to the racial stereotypes that still exist in some of today's smaller and more traditional communities. Interesting. Sorry, I need to take a break. I opened my mouth and my jaw made a horrendous cracking noise. I heard it from over here. Oh, God. I'm sure (laughs) it got picked up on the mic then. Right. Ow. Okay. As I've already pointed out, each of the performances in this film, from the main protagonist to the smallest supporting players, are pitch perfect. In fact, I would go as far to say that for Ritchie, Jackson and indeed Timberlake, who are still fairly new to the acting game at this point, mm-hmm. these are career-defining portrayals. Mm. Jackson gives his best turn since Pulp Fiction. Between this and Monster, Ricci proved her worth as a serious actor. And although we've seen him knock it out of the park in the likes of The Social Network and In Time, particularly as the leading man... Timberlake sealed himself as a talent to watch with, from this film alone. Mm-hmm. So he's a big fan of the performances. Good. Not only that, but Black Snake Moan does a fascinating job of visually distilling the hellish nature of both sex addiction and panic attacks, as well as providing the, a virginity shredding scene that is more jaw-droppingly hilarious than anything the American Pie scribes could ever come up with. <laughs> okay, wow! I was not expecting that sentence <laughs> to end that way. <laughs> no, neither was I. It's also <laughs> worth pointing out that Samuel L. Jackson learnt to play the guitar... Yes, Wow, maximum points to Webb. From scratch, in order to make the musical scenes more realistic. Oh, excellent. Dedicated man. Yeah. On a more superficial level, this film is awash with the kind of subtle southern humour that I love. The music is fantastic. And in my opinion, a horny Christina Ricci taking her clothes off can never be a bad thing. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) So that's what Kyle has to say about Black
1: Snake Moan. Interesting. It's going to be uh, an interesting one to watch and review, seeing as we've never seen it. No, it's
0: one that's kind of like hovered on the periphery. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm aware of it. I'm yeah. aware of kind of the the kind of black exploitation grindhouse style.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I might have seen the trailer when it came out. Exactly. Yeah, um, but no further than that. Yeah, exactly. So I, I like the fact that we're both pretty much going into this as blind on, as can be. Yeah, only knowing what Carl has really put on that mm. sheet of paper, which is fantastic. Yes. And I do like the fact that we've gone beyond the sea into the navy of a few good men. Written by Aaron Sorkin to a film with Justin Timberlake in, who is in the social network. There we go. We've got a nice little
0: thread through this episode. Yes, very good. Um, also, if anybody wants to send us pictures, that's pretty much how to do it. Yeah, just one, basically write down why you like a film on
1: a sheet of A4 or one, you know, kind of an A4 Word document or something. Yep. Email it to us. i um, sure spell checked. <laughs> It's probably best to do it via email. Otherwise, I'll mock you on the air. <laughs> yeah, it's probably best to do it via email. And that way, uh, only we'll see it and it won't get kind of seen by anyone who follows us on Twitter or on That's Facebook. That's a very good idea, yes. Um, so the uh, email address is? Hyspodcast at com. Okay, and while we're at it, we might as well do the rest of the, uh, the links okay, okay. and stuff like Fair that. Um, so we've got uh, our Twitter feed, as ever, uh, at hyspodcast. Uh, you can put any comments on anything we've spoken about on facebook.com forward slash Have You Seen Podcast. Uh, and we've also got the blog itself, uh, bit.ly forward slash H-I-S podcast.
0: Uh, before we get into the thanks, um, we are not going to be back for approximately three weeks.
1: Around there, yeah, three
0: to four weeks. Yeah, uh, um, due to uh, me going on holiday. And then yep. before I get back from holiday, somebody is being sent on a very swanky work trip. I am. Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then when he gets back, he's decided, oh, it's my birthday. I'm going to have a week off. Yeah. So uh, why not? So uh, there won't be a show that week either.
1: No. Uh, But
0: uh, it gives us plenty of time to
1: watch Black Snake Moan and think about it and write our notes. And also. Not uh, to forget to pitch something to each other. That's true. Yeah. But also if anyone else can find. Black Snake Moan. Black Snake Moan. Please do, and write us reviews, because obviously we'll only be doing one review that show, so we'll have some time for any other... Other opinions. Other opinions. So um, we urge you all to track down this movie, and then we can all tell Carl what we thought of
0: it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Thank you to RB Productions for the use of the studio. Yeah. We have new tablecloths this week. I quite like them. (laughs) Yeah, they're quite
1: quite flash and soft.
0: And... Um, thank you to technical guru Alexi Imam for uh, being our conduit to the internet. I think that's all from us this week. We better get gone. Yeah, we should do. Yeah, we're and running late now. We shall so. see you in approximately three to four weeks' time. Keep your eye on uh, Twitter and Facebook for uh, when exactly we are back. Yeah, I will, absolutely. I will tweet things.
1: Yeah, yeah. We may tweet the odd random thing every now and then or sure. put a blog post off if we're feeling like it, uh, depending on how much time we actually have free <laughs>
0: And how much Tom wants to brag about being in Hawaii.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to have an internet connection in Hawaii. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: the only thing that tweets in Hawaii are the birds. Yeah. Right. That's enough from us. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.